Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. This week, we're joined by Gold Coast trainer Michael Costa on the Winning Edge podcast. G'day, Michael. How are you? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks for making time. We know the stable's flying as usual, but give us some background on your career in racing. Where did it all begin for you? Mate, I grew up in Western Sydney, so out in Hawkesbury, right near the Hawkesbury Racecourse, and I didn't have any, any family ties in racing, but it was just a, a love for the horse, and uh, being so many horses around the Hawkesbury, just started riding just leisure horses when I was young. And uh, from there, the, the love grew, had all the telegraph horses sort of cut out on, on the walls. There wasn't any bands or anything like that. It was just all, all laser focus on that, that one subject of, of racing and horses. So just started uh, riding a little bit of track work here and there whilst before and after schools doing horses. And yeah, it just grew from, uh, just grew from a love, which I, I can't really explain. It sounds a little bit airy fairy but yeah it was just uh, as i said one laser laser focus on just uh, just getting in, into racing what was the number one horse on the post wall for you yeah well i'm not i'm i'm not that old so i was long row was long row sunline normally that was that that sort of era yeah. and uh yeah it was a, a, a great horses and can only dream of having something like that walk through the barn one day so did you start riding track work at hawkesbury or randwick no, I started out at Hawkesbury, riding riding track work there, and then I did move into into Randwick to ride track work after after Hawkesbury. And during that time, then I just started my my studies. I studied equine science and just tried to learn as learn as much as I can. I did want to be a jockey early on, but just grew a little bit too big. And then from there, I realised that if I was going to either become a look to become a vet or a trainer, I, I just needed to learn as learn as much as I could. So. Went and did a little bit of study, and then from there, I was in a little bit of an awkward age, and it was felt that as a track record, I probably achieved as much as I was going to achieve, and uh, went and became a steward for a couple of years on the on the Sydney panel. Moved to Grafton, was the deputy chairman up there for about a year and a half, and then came back and joined the the Sydney panel uh, as a steward. So I was a steward for about four and four and a bit years. And then from there, moved to moved to Brisbane for a while to um, went and did the Eastern medicine side of things and studied so acupuncture and Chinese medicine with uh, with horses and rode track work up in uh, Eagle Farm for a few trainers uh, as well. And then finally moved back to Sydney. Uh, was Kevin Moses foreman for for a little bit before I went and kicked off uh, on my own. With your experience in equine studies and stewarding, is that a big reason why horse welfare and looking after horses is such a big part of your own training philosophy? Yeah, it is. I think it's got to be everyone's um, attention. I think we all need to go all chips in on on welfare in the industry we're in. We're, we're gambling on, you know, live live animals racing. So we need to do everything possible to providing the best care and and um, and showing the public that it's a it's a tough game and that we we love our horses and we try and do the best by them. So so showing that story as well but yeah horse welfare they look they're they're our best mates and um it's it's a tough game so we wouldn't be well to, 
to be doing it if we, di- we didn't love it and, and to take care of the horses the best way we can. And that steward side of things, being a steward for four years, does that help with the form? It does, but uh, I think the the main thing of, of, of being a shield was being able to read a race. You when you're when you're a punter, you're having a flutter on something. You're watching that horse horse really solely go around, and you're you're invested in that horse. So it just gives you the ability to step back and and watch the whole field and and, and see how things are going to unfold and um, get a better understanding of pace of the race and and how jockeys think and and, and understanding that side. So doesn't uh, doesn't really help me find too many more winners but it's it's it was a it was a good good stepping stone and, and learning step to, to that side of the fence as well must be a big reason why you've got such a good strike rate which has been around the 25 percent mark for the last couple of years yeah definitely it's uh, placements the key you know we go into the race with uh, you know a lot of our horses are passed in or, or cheaper sort of horses that we pick the eyes out of the, at the sale so we, we by no means we've got the best stock in, in the race but Keep it pretty simple. It's have them have them fit and well, and just place them that place them the best way we can. And I think the other thing is um, is having the best jockeys um, we can have on. But I think also is having jockeys that we can we can trust. And then it comes back to all the little one percenters, the best track riders we can we can get um, down to having horses in boxes with the cleaner shavings and 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 all those little one percenters which stack up. Before you got into training on your own, you must have um, crossed paths with a lot of big-name jockeys and trainers. Was there one which you took advice from the most or one bit of advice which has stuck out the most and you've, you've kept throughout your own training? Not, not really. Um, I've probably done it the hard way in that I've always been a person who tries to figure things out by myself, which is uh, I'd highly not recommend for anyone getting into, into training because it, it is the tough way, but I'm a you know introverts i sort of keep to myself and and just just do our own thing but you know i think um other trainers which i've which i have looked up to has been someone like guy walter i thought he was a phenomenal trainer and his patience with horses and um, a few conversations with him about how you can't pigeonhole a horse and that they can really go out and come back in and improve a couple of seconds so you just got to give them that give them that opportunity it's not as clear cut as uh a horse is fast or slow because the penny can drop and they can blossom. And you moved to the Gold Coast from Sydney back in 2016. What was the reason for the move? So I kicked off training in, in Sydney with a shoestring budget. So I, as I said before, we, we only had a very, very limited stock and uh, the majority of our horses were really country-based horses. So the logistics of getting your horses to the races from Sydney couple of float trips um, say to now bathurst uh, that's an extra thousand dollars a month on the end of month bill for your, for your owners and there's a long list of uh, trainers that owners want to have their horses within sydney before you know little greek fellow trying his best out, out at warwick farm so the reality is one in 20 is probably good enough to be in the city the other 19 are doing the travel out so it was just made sense to to be in a you know, a, a place where you can pop them over the border up here at the Gold Coast and try and place them the best way you can and uh, just improve our stock that way and, and improve our, our brand and establish ourselves as a, you know, a, as a respected training operation. Was it tough at the start to get established up here? Yeah, it was. They don't let you just come up and win. It's There's very good trainers up here and David Van Dyke sort of kicked off before us up here and 
he took a, took a little bit to, to get going and he's a he's an outstanding trainer and someone that really keeps their finger on the pulse as well. I think he's a great trainer. Uh, so it's, it, was, it was tough with the stock we had and you, you're creating new systems, you, you're getting used to how to train the track. That, that was difficult because you're getting a gauge on how your horses get fit and what they need to do in order to, to head to the races to be getting that. And then you're getting new riders and they're gelling into the system of how you want your horses worked as well. So there's there's a million variables to it. So it's definitely not easy, but yeah, things are, things are heading as, as, smooth as smooth as we can have them at the moment anyway. Have you got a favourite track up here and a least favourite track? Oh, look, I've, I really don't like tight-turning tracks. It's uh, They frustrate me a lot. In Australia, we've got all the land in the world and we, we have all these tight-turning tracks. It, it does my head in. But, uh, yeah, so anything which is big open track, we don't sort of run our horses off their off their feet early. We like to get them to, to be in their, their rhythm where, wherever they are and that, hopefully that's the, the bigger track. So anything... Gold Coast is big enough. We have good success here, but yeah, anyway, you can get a win's good as well. What about Eagle Farm? It's a maligned track in Queensland. Do you send many horses there? No, we've we've we didn't come out publicly um, like Van Dyke, but we've been avoiding the uh, that track for a, for a long time now, and it was just by a few horses kicking back off there, pulling up with hoof abscesses, and and just the way that they were recovering. So we were just uh, avoiding it, mainly sending horses there, which were potentially at the end of the prep or uh, we think could suit it which wouldn't have any sort of repercussions coming off the back of it so yeah i'm i'm definitely not a fan but it's it's not a personal thing it's just it's just we just listen to our horses and we trot them up regular times during the week and the hoof testers are always with us and the the one beautiful thing about horses is they don't lie so one horse that you will have to go to eagle farm with is axe if you want to get into the strat break is that still the plans to get to the strat with him yeah, it is. It's uh, obviously big aspirations for a horse. You just keep keep your options open, and he's just continued to improve. He's he's on the quick backup this week, which is you never know. We we freshen him up. They spend plenty of time at the beach, and you go there just trying to keep him as fresh, fresh as possible. So he has to overcome a, a difficult barrier this weekend with a bit of speed in the race. But you know he's he's well, and he's on his win last last start. He's worth having a crack at. So tell us how you got involved with Axe. He was formerly with Bjorn Baker in Sydney, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He's uh, We've got a client and we've also got a really good relationship with Spendthrift Farm. So they purchased these um, expensive colts from the sale and, and trying to get them into become stallion prospects. And when uh, when that doesn't look like it's going to eventuate, what they do, they geld them and, and they sell them. And uh, we, we picked him up quite, quite cheap. And, uh, yeah, we... Because he was quite cheap, I got in, got into the ownership as, as well, and we just racing with a, with a few uh, good, good little syndicate, and yeah, it's looking like it's going to be a bit of fun. And he's a magic million source as well, so we'll see what happens. He might only have a run or two left in him, but we've got plenty of time to freshen him up and have a good red hot crack at the magics as well. The strategy's the uh, big race which most Queensland trainers want to win, but being Gold Coast based, is it more one of the big magic millions races that you prefer to win? Oh, it is. The strategy is up there. Um, I'm originally from New South Wales, so a lot of those races as well are a good attraction. But the moment for for us is just to continue to turn out the, turn out the winners for for every owner, keep keep their stats up for every owner because every horse is important part of the the story. It's a big big marathon of getting there. But yeah, any Group One would be uh, would be fantastic to you know to consider our stable as a Group One operation would be fantastic. 
Just back to Axe on Saturday. He's obviously drawn a bit wide. There's plenty of speed on. Will you try and lead again or will he take a sit? No, it's, you just got to leave it to the jockey, really. We, we only use a, a few jockeys that, you know, it's about getting A to B the quickest. And, you know, you, there's no use putting him into giving him instruction that they've, they've got to lead because if the pace is, pace is on, they just bring themselves undone. So they've got to uh, assess the pace uh, as soon as they come out of the gates. If they miss it, you've got to go to plan B. And if they ping the lids, well, then, then be there. So it's just about getting the horses in the rhythm, like I said before, getting them to breathe. And that's why you've got to have the best jockeys on because they've got to make make those hard decisions and, and go on a little bit of gut feel as well. And with the ticket to the strategy for the winner, it's obviously a pretty hot field. We've got the likes of Garibaldi, Fender, Skins. Is there any one horse you're most wary of or just ride your own race? Yeah, ride your own race. That's that's all you can do. You can um, go in and pick the race apart doing, doing rating, rating and form. But it's going to be interesting. You know, Skins is drawn awkward. Garibaldi potentially gets back as well. So... It's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds, but I, I do think the pace of the race could be the uh, could there be you know how how it all unfolds as well. And the fourteen hundred meters of the strategy is no concern for him. He got the thirteen fifty on Saturday as no. well. Yeah, he's all good. I think the way he's settling is he's selling beautiful, and I actually think the run to date was when he settled here at the Gold Coast and then really let rip once it once he followed one. So I don't think he's an out and out leader. And I wouldn't be, even though we're keeping at the 1400, we could test the waters at a mile, you know, later in uh, some stage down the track as well. And you mentioned he's been loving the beach up here on the Gold Coast. Uh, what else is so attractive about the Gold Coast as a training base for you? Mate, uh, I love the, the warmth. That's the, the, the weather can really influence my sort of happiness level, if that, that makes any sense. As soon as it's cold, I'm... I'm not happy. I like to be warm, and the the weather's just the, the main thing. No traffic. Uh, that's 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 another beauty of it as well. But the placement for horses is, is key. Uh, everyone's a little bit more laid back. You can say good day to everyone, and, and that's that's what it's all about, mate. It's about having a bit of fun. We're in a we're in a tough game, so you've got to try and enjoy it as much as possible with with good people. And if you like a game of golf or something as well with with some owners, there's uh, there's a golf course on every corner. Yeah, absolutely, and. Um... So if you don't have to go to Durban or Eagle Farm for a race and you've got to go west or north or south, where would you prefer to go? Would you prefer to go Northern Rivers, New South Wales or up to you know, Warwick and Dolby and those sort of places? Where do you prefer going? Uh, we sort of don't run our horses out west too much. Like Kilcoys and Gattons, we we have the conversations with the owners and say, look, we don't think you know it's going to progress. So if a horse is travelling out there, they've there's high floating bills and there's, there's probably a country trainer which is going to do things a little bit cheaper than us. So it's, it's just that being completely honest with the owners and, and saying, you know, we've, we've given the horse the opportunity. We don't think it's going to be up to this mark. We're more than happy to do it because um, we don't want to, you know, leave leave owners stranded in, in any way and we'll, we'll do our best. But just about having that hard, hard conversation first. And then, uh, yeah, look, there's no real uh, – it comes down to placement, sunny coast or – Mwambar and and also the the horses horse as well. Uh, if you've got a horse which is going to be getting back over a thousand, Mwambar is probably going to be a little bit tough. So obviously your high strike rate of around twenty five percent is pretty lucrative for owners, and as a trainer, it must be something that you strive for. Um, is, is there is there a mark which you strive for each season? Is it twenty five percent? Is it higher? Um, how do you assess your success each year? No, it's I, it's the strike rate's just. You know, it's a it's a number that a lot of people look at, and 
it's we don't really have those sorts of goals because there's just too many variables. We're, all we're focusing on is just to continue to improve the stock and continue to add more value to our clients' database. So that's that's as simple simple as that. It's very hard to go into you know next year saying I'm going to win the win the strategy because you know we we only get a kick off with about 20 yearlings at the beginning of the year where the big boys are a good couple of hundred so it's it's hard to to say you're going to do those sorts of things so we've just got to focus on the things we can control and that's just raising the benchmark we're all chips in on our comms uh, our social media and just want to continue to improve prove that for adding uh, adding value to our our clients and if we continue to focus on that then we should continue to head in the right direction and just on the recent sales season is there any nice types that you picked up and any which have got shares available still in or yeah, we uh, our shares generally sell out quite quickly. There's a couple on the on the website with a few little shares left. We had we had a good little buying period there at the Scone Sale at Inglis a couple of weeks back. We bought some three really nice fillies, which you know I think the markets just come back that little bit for for these sorts of sales with some good buying. A Sebring filly who's related to three her, the dam's three quarter related to View, the Melbourne Cup runner, so she's an Oak style filly for. Only thirty-three thousand. Uh, press statement filly for sixteen. She got snapped up straight away, and then a uh, dawn approach filly who's just it was an absolute belt. Had to pay a little bit for her at seventy-two thousand, but yeah, you couldn't go couldn't go wrong with either of those those three fillies. How many do you have in work at any one time? We, we're now up to forty-eight horses in work, so to go nicely, we're probably we're overdue for trying to get another ten boxes, and that'll be about the magic number for us around that. 55 to 60 mark just because of you know how how hands-on we are and we just we don't want to uh, spread ourselves too thin as well so 60 is going to be uh, going to be a nice nice medium number for us and outside of acts looking to go to the Stradbroke, you've got some other feature nominations um including the queensland derby is olympic class your top seed for that race yeah, he's the only one that'll look to go there. He's running this Saturday. Germany's drawn, drawn well. He just got to the wrong part of the track here at the Gold Coast. You know, any of the your followers and punters which were looking at that Gold Coast meeting, anything on the rail there would just be uh, if it if it was half handy and, and and still ran okay, I'd I'd be following following them uh, into the into their next run. So he's uh, yeah, he's a nice horse. You never know where he needs to win on Saturday, then back up into the Derby. So it's all uncharted waters. You don't really have too much of a guide, but I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he did lob on Saturday. He was a bit fizzy in the yard before that Gold Coast race as well, wasn't he? Is that normal for him or? Yeah, no, he's a little bit. He can get a little bit excited within himself, but you do find that a lot of horses which run on their home track can just get that little bit more nervous and excited as well. So. Yeah, sometimes it can be home track advantage, but you know, other times it can be a, a major disadvantage as well. And seen too many running on Saturday as well. She is. She's uh, her run was super. She she was on the she was on the wrong part of the track as well, but she picked up a little bit of black type. Normally, she after that first up run, she can just take a little bit to to get back up over a bit of ground. It's a it's a small field Saturday, but. Those top couple are, are pretty handy horses. All we're trying to do now is, you know, she's won seven races and she came in the stable with, with duck eggs as a trot horse. So she's done a phenomenal job, but we're just trying to pick up a black type for her for to, to build her pedigree as a, as a broodmare down the line. And you took it to New South Wales to run in a couple of city races as well? Yeah, she did. She was good down there. She won at Canterbury really well, um, which was good. She, was, she went down there to 
running a Saturday race that we thought she'd she'd be winning. They called them off, and we had to keep her down there for the extra week. Yeah, she won a canter and Tommy Berryweather, and yeah, it was, it was a good win. So she's been good for a few hit and run missions as well. And you had Malahide win at Ipswich on Wednesday as well. Quite impressive. Yeah, that was good. That was satisfying actually. She had a a terrible prep last time. Um, basically, she was choking down a little bit, a few few rides which just weren't suited to her choking down in the run. And uh, we figured out that she had a bit of asthma going on. So the the staff done a phenomenal job with keeping her lungs healthy and and well. And it was good to see her come back on uh, yesterday and, and have a dominant win. It was just a shame that the the hot favourite was scratched. Um, at 1.30 because we were getting out to eight ten bucks, which would have been a bit of a fill-up, but it's um, still she drifted out four or five bucks, so that was a keeps us ticking over anyway. And she'll have a bit of improvement left in her as well? Yeah, she does. We keep her pretty soft, so if we can, uh, it's just about if we can keep those lungs healthy and well, then she can get back up to up to seven furlongs or we keep her fresh to something like the, the Gay Waterhouse back at Ipswich in the end of the car will be good. And what about Supergiant? He won the Gun Sin last year, but he's not going as well as you would have hoped this season? Yeah, well, he's one that got a hoof abscess last prep off Eagle, Eagle Farm, so last prep was a bit of an issue. This time around, he's uh, got a few breathing issues and had a little bit of a heart murmur as well, so long list of problems that we're trying to get right, but he's, um, yeah, his work leading into his last one was, was pretty good, but yeah, we're just going to have to, um, we're pretty much trying the kitchen sink at him just to, to get things back on track. And Perfect Deal was enormous winning at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Have you got any plans for her? Yeah, she'll look to go to the Sapphire potentially next weekend. And if she handles Eagle Farm, could then line up in the uh, the Tats. So that doesn't, she doesn't handle it, then we might look at potentially a Grafton Cup campaign, which is a race I really want to win. Were you confident you could win first up there? She is flying and she's come back in, in really good order, but it would just look like being one of those m- messy races where they were going to string out. And that can be a little bit difficult, but, uh, yeah, watching the replay again, you, even at the 100, I, I know the result, but it, wasn't, it still doesn't look like she's going to win. So, And that's a nulla filly. She was purchased – I purchased her for 16 grand at the, the yearling sales, and she's only 430 kilos. She's not big at all, uh, 440 at this prep, which was good. So – yeah, but she's uh, she's uh, she's tough as old boots, and I think we'll have a pretty decent prep with her. And what about Fobita? I noticed that he trialed really impressively um, not long ago. Yeah, oh, mate, he trialed the house down. He's uh, we didn't expect him to win first up last prep, and his figures were huge. And he just unfortunately just strained an outside of a branch on his fetlock. So he had a pretty decent spell. We gave him about six months, bit of rehabilitation. He's come back in, and we just went to that trial a bit. Instructions to. Probably just keep hold of him, keep him nice and well held together, and he, that was just a phenomenal trial. That's a, that's about as good as you, you can trial on that track. Any plans for him? Uh, he'll trial Monday week at the Gold Coast on the thirty first, and then we'll we'll take it steady. Potentially a Ramoni horse, but we'll just and we're just going to take it run by run, and then uh, maybe back to the Magic Millions in January. He's very much an untapped talent, isn't he? He is. He is. He's a big, friendly giant. He's a he's a big boy. He's about six hundred kilos, so he's there's plenty of him. But yeah, he's he's definitely one of my favourites in the barn. All right, mate. We've touched on quite a few horses there. Um, anything else in the barn that we can keep an eye on in the coming weeks? Uh, maybe examples. He's the horse which I've got a lot of, lot of for. He'll probably only have one more run, two more runs this prep. Maybe Saturday week he'll go to the back to the Gold Coast. 
He's uh, he's got a lot of upside. That horse I really like where he's heading, and definitely one to follow into into next next preparation. And uh, yeah, he'd probably be the one which is which is up and racing at the moment, and Fobadar as well. And you've mentioned a few times how good it is training on the Gold Coast, and we know there's some development plans in the in the wings there from the government. Tell us what that means for your stable, and give us a bit of a rundown of what the uh, upgrades will actually be. Well, they're doing the whole track, and the night racing is going to be the the end end game with it all. And I think that's going to going to be great. You know, being at the Gold Coast on a on a Friday night, the night racing will be a pretty big spectacle. So it all comes down to numbers in the end. You know, betting turnover and what, what that looks like, uh, I'm not sure, but you'd think that it uh, would have to have a, a, a decent increase there. I will miss the Saturday racing, so I'm not sure how that all, all gels in, but it'll be pr- pretty exciting. But to have new facilities and, and new tracks, it's you know we're going to have a little bit of a tough period going through while, while they renovate, but, but that's great. But the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is our, our new stables and barn, so we can you know, we're trying to provide a premium product of, of, of training to our owners and to have a facility which will be able to, you know, welcome the owners in and get back to our monthly open days is, is what I'm really looking forward to. Perfect, mate. Well, thanks a lot for your time and best of luck with Axe this Saturday and let's hope you can get him into the Stradbroke. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.